subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to another Ninja Coaching Spotlight. We have two amazing ninjas with us today. One a coach, one a realtor, as always. And uh, we're going to jump right into this. We're going to bring you Travis Beers today. Travis is in Denver, Colorado with Mars Realty and Management. I'm excited to be introducing you to Travis. Travis is an amazing gentleman. He has a great background with Ninja and a great story to tell you. And really, I think what's fun about this is that really, he's been licensed for a long time. But the point of like getting really serious about this and bringing Ninja into his business went through the kind of unicorn years. I, I keep People keep calling them the unicorn years for me right now. I keep showing up and getting to experience that, but then regaining control of his business to what's, what he's building and working with right now. That's what I'm excited about. Travis, good morning. How are you, sir? Great. Good morning. Excited to be here for sure. Right on. Well, I'm excited to hear your journey. And we also have Travis's coach, John Hill. John, good morning. You're just north of Travis this morning. Good morning. Good to be with you guys. You guys could have been in the same office. You guys should have met up. Could have had you in the same spot. <laughs> All right. And as always, we got Matt Benelli with us too. That is fun that when, when that happens, when you're close to your coaching clients. I'm far away from all of y'all, so which is great. And good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is going to be fun to talk about Travis and your journey. I appreciate you getting the time here. So, so Gary, let's let's dive into this because I think it's what's great is this is a recent journey with Ninja that has built upon a longer career. And has, I believe, Travis, you know, transformed a lot of, I mean, there's a reason why you're here talking about this, right? Well, Travis, so let me, let me ask you this up front. One is, I, can you just paint a picture of your marketplace? Because I know as people are getting to know you here and they're going to be hearing you for the first time, you're in Denver, but, but expand on that a little bit more. What is your market price point? What do you, what do you serve? I seem to work with a lot of first-time buyers more than anything. I, uh, play a lot of beach volleyball, which is a weird thing to say in Denver, but <laughs> the age, you know, that plays at a competitive level, a lot of times in their twenties and thirties, which is kind of perfect for that first time buyer, you know, I guess uh, demographic. Yeah. So I work with a lot of those, but I have, oh my God, here's the other side of that. Also play a lot of pickleball, right? So, That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> you, you talked about spiking some 70-year-old in the chest with a pickleball the other day. So I know that you had you handle that also. That was years ago. And she was me. Oh, sorry. I thought it was okay, And her name was Judy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never listen to this. But um, I, I started getting a little bit of business from that crowd too, which is kind of fun. You know, so they're sort of looking for that. More forever home, I think, which was the, you know, what at the end of last year, you know, that worked out really well. So, you know, and, and I'll work in Denver, but there's a lot of adjoining cities, Aurora, Lakewood, Parker, you know, so I'll pretty much work in any of those two. So you've got literally like two ends of the spectrum is what you're telling us. You've got the, the new homeowners coming in, which is the, you know, athletic beach volleyball people. And you've got the pickleball on the other side. Is that what I'm hearing? That's probably fair. So nothing in between, though, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it will transition. They'll all kind of grow up. You'll get the phasing out. You'll get the other ones coming into the middle stage of life. Like, I think this is actually a really good long-term plan. It is. And I'm trying to push my volleyball friends into pickleball. See? You know, it's just, it's all part of the plan. There you go. Well, so you were originally licensed when? I want to say in 2006. Okay. In 2006, and from just kind of getting to know you a little bit and learning a little bit about your story, 
took a little bit to kind of get going in real estate. So when did you really get serious? Like you're like, this is my career. This is what I'm, I'm my passion is. Yes. So it had a little bit to do with my, my wife's circumstances. She was working at a tax firm and she had an opportunity to buy that tax firm. So, you know, we saw that as an opportunity for me to kind of ride that wave a little bit. She's going to be making more money. So I don't have to make as much and therefore don't have to stay in like the, the corporate sales world. So, you know, once that plan was kind of put into place, we started talking about, okay, maybe now this is my turn to jump in with both feet instead of being this, you know, part-time agent that people are okay working with, but people want to work with full-time agents, you know, that do this all the time. Oh, yeah. It's what they do for a living. And that was what year that you made that transition? That was July of 2015. So 2015, you got to make that change. And then when were you first introduced to Ninja? I was at a brokerage and I approached one of the managing brokers and I said, I, I don't know what to do to grow my business. You know, what do I do? And he said, well, identify your A, B, and C clients. And there's this thing called Ninja. But you know what? Never mind. Don't worry about it. Nobody does it. And I was like, hold on. That's weird. <laughs> that's I actually heard about it years ago. And eventually switched to a smaller brokerage, you know, from one that had 600 agents in it to one that had 10, you know, 10 or less. And I mean, that was, that was in 2000, I want to say 21, you know, when I switched to her brokerage in October and in 2021, it was like, I'm doing great. I'm the best agent in the world. Look at all this business that's happening because I'm amazing, right? Didn't give any credence to the fact that the market was insane. It couldn't be the aftermath of COVID. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But in, in my mind, I was like, yeah, my business has grown for the past three years that it had just grown by 20%, 50%. So I was just kind of seeing this organic growth all the way through 2021, you know, which was a great year. And then in 2022, I, I mean, I kind of expected things to just go the way they'd been going. You know, I made this much in 2021, I'm going to make this much the next year. And then, you know, that kind of reality set in midway through 2022 that this wasn't the same year, right? And my business wasn't just going to grow organically with me really doing nothing or not a lot from a marketing standpoint. So my uh, managing broker, Audrey, who I, you know, we did meetings here and there and, and one-on-ones and I just told her, like, I don't know you know, everything kind of fell off. I need to figure out how to get my business up to that level again. And she told me to read the Ninja book. And she told me that there was an installation in Loveland's later that year, you know, so this was probably in the fall. So I got the audio book and, you know, listened to Larry Kendall's sweet voice for a few hours. And, <laughs> and I, I liked it a lot. You know, I mean, the information was great and it kind of answered that. What do we as realtors do during the day? when we're not in the car, when we're not writing offers, she said, you know, we're all going to go to this installation together, the whole team, which is great. And then as we got closer to the date, she said, guess what? None of us are going, but you should still go. And I think, I don't know if they all got COVID. It was something, there was some kind of situation in the office where they just couldn't attend. And I will tell you, at first I was like, I don't want to do this thing by myself. I emailed and I said, Hey, is it possible for me to postpone this? And it was so late in the game that they were like, you can't, you know, we can't fill your spot. 
either show up or go to the next one, but we can't give you a refund. So, so I did. I went, obviously glad I did. You know, the information was, was great. Met a lot of people from everywhere because they kind of, during the installation, they tell you, go talk to somebody you haven't talked to yet. Take this little bingo card and go fill it out with everybody. And, yep. you know, so they do a good job of making you feel very comfortable, you know, even if you're there by yourself. Because everybody in that room is, it's a like-minded, it's a room filled with like-minded individuals. We're all there for the same reason. So that was 2022. You got a chance to go do that. And to talk about your business quickly, just as coming out of reading the book, going to an installation and kind of what that was. And then we, then we got to bring John into this and when you got a chance to meet John. Yeah. So at the, uh, at the installation, they did have a coach there. It wasn't John, but I did approach this person and, and just asked, tell me a little bit about the coaching. And she told me once or twice a month is usually what most people do. And then she told me, you know, she told me the cost and I was like, it's more than I thought. But in my mind, I was like, how many deals do I have to close to justify this cost? And in Denver, not very many, you know, less than one will get you there. Yep. So I did reach out to the coaching program and John is the person they set me up with. And I don't know if you guys like Facebook stalked me and said, <laughs> this guy's a big nerd. Who's the best fit for Travis? And then they said, John, John, go talk to him. He likes Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Go talk to this guy. So, <laughs> oh, I love it. so we had a great instant rapport. And it, I mean, it was just, it was just great from the first meeting. John, just so you know, when you get a flood of Harry Potter and uh, just, just, <laughs> you just know this is what happened. It wasn't, we didn't profile you internally. This is Travis that did this to you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Oh my goodness. All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, obviously this is where you, John kind of comes into the picture. I want to, you know, talk a little bit about just what your numbers were just briefly. Like what, what is your income levels kind of been as you've gone through this from, your unicorn years that everybody got to experience back in 2021 to where you were at coming into 2022 in this place of like, I got to go do something different. Let's just go to that level so far. So in 2021, I did, I want to say about probably 9 million okay. in production. And then in 2022, that number cut in half. Wow. So that was a big difference. And you know, I bought a house in 2022 so that I felt that pressure, you know, a lot more. And then, uh, do you want to know how this past year went then as far as production goes? Yeah. yeah well, why don't we, why don't we do this past year and then we'll, we'll figure out how this all happened. Yeah. I don't want to jump the gun, but in 2023, I, uh, ended up over nine. Nice. Okay. 2023 was not, not an amazing year from a market standpoint. You know, if you look at it on paper, it wasn't great. What's really interesting about 2023 here is you're kind of telling your story is, is that not everybody was able to reproduce what they were doing in 2021 and 2023, like that you were able to turn that around and pull this back around and bring this back to life. We had a lot of people come out of 2023 licking major wounds and not really feeling the success. And there's a reason internally in the podcast or in the coaching community we just did a whole thing on how did you know people that had their best year in 2023 and it was well received because a lot of people were going, how in the world did you do that? Like, how did you make that happen? So I just want to commend you on what you created here and what you were able to bring back. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, so let's let's bring John into yeah. this too. So John, Travis links up with you. You know, you're kicking off this year that turns out to be for a lot of people a tough year. For Travis, it turned out to be a, a great rebound year, we'll call it, because this year is going to be even better. It's going to launch you to even new heights, I'm sure. When Travis came to you, like, what were the first things that you saw when you're like, okay, here's this guy who's been in the business for really active in the business for seven years. And now here he is going up, down and wants to come back up. Where did you guys start? Sure. So the first thing I do have to say, since Garrett brought up like the community component and Travis felt like I Facebook stalked him was it's interesting from my perspective. Like I felt like the information was good and we kind of connected, but I think the moment that like we knew we were meant to be in that relationship of a coaching relationship was Travis had worked in a place called Micro Center. And yeah, a lot of people may know Lord of the Rings or, you know, these different things. But the moment when I could actually speak to that place, like it connected on a deeper level. And I could tell that that was kind of the moment where the shift occurred of like, okay, he's not just looking at my Facebook profile saying, hey, I like Lord of the Rings too. Like I could speak to it. And so from there, the things that really stood out to me was this overall commitment from his side to kind of submit or like have trust in what we were talking about. So we we first started on making sure within the volleyball and pickleball community, he was really in flow with those people, right? He talks about that that's a major community. And what he doesn't mention is there's a lot of realtors in that community that he bumped shoulders with. And there was kind of this assumption early that, oh, they're already in this community. They're already on this team. So these people must be doing business with these realtors, right? Versus like, our goal is not to, our goal is to get business, but it's first to, to meet people where they are and you know, know what's going on in the world. So that was the first thing. So we, we talked about building in what we call buffers where he showed up early to sand volleyball and would have like a beer with one person kind of aiming for like a lunch or a coffee. And then we'd stay late 15 to 30 minutes to get five to six Ford conversations. In. And that was really the first thing that I saw of willingness to do it, enjoy it. And the relationships in that community really started to thrive. So it sounds like, John, like what you were helping Travis trying to find here is, is the activities he was already doing, but try to maximize the time and the energy that was already going into these, this sporty love, these people that he enjoyed. He could, you know, like-minded people. I find so often, you know, a lot of times people come into coaching and they think we're going to revamp their world or we're going to have like all this stuff outside the box. And I find that the more we can figure out who they actually really are already as people and then try to pull it back in and say, okay, like, let's, let's see if we can use what you got here. And Travis, I mean, these are things, pickleball, volleyball, uh, at the level you're doing it at and these, and again, there are no beaches in Denver. So it's like, you're going to like a, a facility that offers this. This isn't just walking up and down Long Beach going like, where's my next pickup game? Like, this is like <laughs> a club and a community of people. Can you tell me real quick, how, how big is that community of volleyball and pickleball, like in your area that you get to kind of network with? I mean, volleyball is hundreds, you know, at least. And when I say hundreds, I mean, you know, on the days that I'm there, because they, they run leagues, the opportunities are there to, to meet new people. I mean, every time I walk in the door, I can meet somebody new. I'm guaranteed to see people I've known for a year, 10 years, 20 years, you know, so it's, it's huge. I mean, the volleyball community in the Denver area in general, between grass and court and beach, it's, it's enormous. Now, were you leveraging this community like in the 20 teens before you found Ninja or were you generating business from other areas before you were like, wait a minute, I have all these people that I have relationships with that I can do business with. 
It's a great question. And it's funny, I, I tell people this and they're amazed, but 90, over 95% of my business is volleyball. Well, with hundreds of people that you have access to, that's not that much of a well, it's not sure. much of a surprise for us, I guess. But but it's it's a very social place too. It's not a thing where you show up and you play. Anyways. You know, I mean, people hang out, and, and it is, community is is the best word to describe it. Love it, love that. So leading us, so you'd always been doing business from that yes. group of folks. It's just how did you? So the last year, let's say it's been, how do I really structure and be intentional with my flow in a way that I can almost guarantee myself that business is going to flow out of there? Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's usually one of the comments, Matt, that I'll hear people say like, has all this business been in here the whole time? And I'm like, yeah, it has been. You just haven't been engaging it. It's just been kind of under the surface. And a lot of times when you go and you apply that energy to it, it's like, oh my gosh. And there it is, these people that need my help. I love that. Well, so John, did you see some some things? I mean, I'm sure anybody who's new into Ninja, they have some habits from some other systems that they've deployed. And there's some people who just come into Ninja and they've been doing it that way. And and maybe with Travis, it seemed like a hybrid because a lot of all of his business coming from relationships, but maybe not you know, structured in a way that that's what we wanted. It just happened that way, kind of like the on accident versus on purpose. So what did you see, John, It's coming in as, well, okay, let's figure out how we start to deploy these systems into, you know, whatever's going on with the situation. Were there any bad habits that you guys had to work on? I wouldn't say there was any bad habits. I think there was like Travis talked about, like the unawareness of what we're supposed to do when we're not showing homes, right? I think that like giving him a set of activities and a schedule on those days when he wasn't doing like the real estate part more like the lead generation part was the biggest thing. And then making sure people were aware that he was a realtor, not to say that in flow conversations, it wasn't happening, but he really committed in a big way to auto flow. And I know how like Larry talked about that when people would join the group, the level of investment people were willing to spend on auto flow was a, a direct correlation to their success. And that was one of the big things of he had a, a pretty robust list that he was willing to commit to the auto flow system. So the biggest thing was just making sure he knew what to do when he wasn't like showing homes or writing offers. So was there any auto flow in place before or was this brand new getting content out to a database? There was no auto flow. I would occasionally send something out, you know, there was an email, but you know, it was not like every Monday or once every two weeks, you know, I mean, there was no auto flow at all. So what, so what are like you committed right to now? now? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, <man>. Jinx. <laughs> for now, it's, I do boomerang, you know, and I have for probably a year and a half. And that one's great. People will come up to me and say, you know, thanks for your card. I had, it's funny, the mom of a player last night said, thank you so much. I'm so excited to go to the home and garden show. So I do get some, you know, some feedback on that. And the KCM emails, keeping current matters, you know, I'll do that. Once a week, you know, on a Wednesday. And then I don't know if this falls under autoflow, but on Mondays, I started doing an Instagram post that's usually, you know, it's something in Denver. What's the oldest listing sold last year? What's the biggest house on the market right now? And have, you know, the action item is just a quiz. Pick one of three. And if they get it right, they get the little green thing instead of the nasty red X and <laughs> everybody's happy. So, so yeah, as far as autoflow, it's, it's those three things. So. It's a fair amount of touches for the 150, 200 people in, in my database. So. so about one postcard a month and an email every week and then what you're doing on social media. Right. 
Don't you do, you have the client giant though too, right? For your A-list clients? I do. So you're right. That's a, a quarterly thing. So anybody that's bought a house from me is on client giant. They get something. And I, and I do get a lot of gratitude my way from that. And people will post about it on Instagram and tag me. Nice. And for people who don't know, client giant is a basically a gifting service where once a quarter they send... I'd say a premium gift, right? Something that's a nice high level, you know, it's not like a a little tchotchke or anything. Like these are nice things that are sent out to your database, which is really nice. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I mean, that's had to make it. I mean, just those responses that now generated more board conversations for you because like there's this, I mean, you have kind of the art pieces, but you also have the KCM, the science stuff going out, talking about the market. So has this, you know, just doing that alone generated more conversations for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, without question, it, people will come up to me and they'll talk about that stuff. It's interesting because th- there are times when you feel like this stuff you're sending out is going unnoticed, you know, but then I'll get those people that come up and they'll say, I love everything you post. It's so funny with that yeah. article. I'm so glad you sent it because it was so interesting. So, you know, that's one thing I would encourage people to think of is people are looking. Not everybody's commenting or hitting the like button, but people are seeing it. You know, there's no question. Well, I love what you're doing with uh, the social media side of stuff because I think a lot of people get lost in what do I put out? What's good content? You know, what what should I be having hit their page? And your comments about like the oldest listing sold and little real estate data like that. But I also like that you do these polls because you bring them into it. All of a sudden, it becomes an interactive thing where they, as you said, you give them the red X or the green. That moment that you can get interaction with them about real estate is a really powerful moment to have with somebody. So well done with creating that also, because I think a lot of people just put stuff out and they don't get the interaction. The interaction's huge. Yeah, for sure. What I would say with that too, Garrett, is something that I think Travis, I mean, he would speak to it of like, Travis has an amazing sense of humor, right? Like we never go through a call or even to the point of when he fills out his weekly meeting agenda where there's not like, I almost feel like he tests me to make sure I'm actually reading it because he always leaves like two or three really good jokes in there. But that's the part of like the interaction post poll to the level of like, like, oh, you got it wrong, right? Or like joking about like, you got the red X. Like there's a level of like connection that happens that is very authentic to who he is and like who you're going to get when he shows up, whether it's at volleyball, pickleball, or a showing of like this genuine care, but also like, we're going to have fun while we do this. It's important. So while we were kind of getting ready for this, we we're also talking about events and not necessarily the events that you put on, but you know, the invitations that we get from other people. And you had a comment that you said to me, which was, if you're invited, go. And that comment really stuck with me because I find a lot of real estate agents in our in our world, we get our our marketing plan get to get put together. We get our events that we put on. And then we get these invitations from our clients and we look at them like like some sort of like obligation that we have to go to their event. It's like, oh my gosh, I have so many Christmas parties, so many things that I have to now attend. Right. And I love this mentality of if you are invited, go. Like I think it's a piece that could be written into a business plan of just like, let's just focus on that model right there. Tell me a little bit more about that, where that came from and why why did you say that to me? Because it just really stuck with me. Yes. So early on, before I was doing this full time, there was a a friend I knew who was an agent in the volleyball community. She was with Keller Williams. And we were talking and and I just asked her, you know, what what did you do to grow your business? Because she was very successful. And 
that was the one thing she said that stuck with me. She said, I go to every baby shower, everything I'm invited to where I'm like, do I really want to go to this thing? And she goes because it's a chance to be with people. And it's not a chance to run around and hand out business cards and say, I'm really, you know, I'm a realtor. But if you're there and they know that's what you do, they're going to ask you about it. That's just the, just the way it is with real estate. But it's funny because that was probably 10 years ago. And if I get an invitation to something, I think I'm at an age where I'm like, oh, an invitation. I'm not doing that. You know, <laughs> it's like at a park, you know, we're going to play volleyball or something. But I'm like, no, all these people are going to be there. These people that I love to be around anyway. And there's never been a time where I've gone to something and left and gone, man, I hate it every second. You know, it's always fun because I'm always with the people who I just want to spend time with. They're just fun people to be around. It's almost like a, a byproduct. Like I always have that business brain of like, I need to go because I need to be around people. But I get there and it's just, it's just a good time. Even the things where you're, I mean, a baby shower is always the one that comes into my mind. It's like, how many guys really want to go to a baby shower and watch them open every onesie and hold it up and, but just go, you know, go and hang out, be present. It's a chance to have those four conversations. It's a chance to meet new people. And that's a big deal too. I think it's a place of like, how much am I leaning into a relationship style business? They're saying you want a relationship style business. They're saying you want to work with your friends and build a business around your friends. And then all of a sudden your friends are like, hey, come hang out with us. And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm cool. Like, no, nah, I got other stuff I got to go do right now. Right. And it's like this byproduct, as you said, of this thing that we're building, but it really is what the cool part is. And I'm happy that you had a mentor or another agent that said this to you way back then, is that like, it is the business. It is what, like, this is this crazy business that we built and you can go out there and try to push real estate down people's throats, or you can hang out with your friends and laugh at a baby shower for the afternoon and have fun. And I, I think it's awesome that you figured that out and good for your friend for pointing that out to you. It's great. So Travis, let me, let me ask you this, you know, kind of pulling a lot of this information together, right? So one, you're a little over a full year in on running Ninja Systems, right? And we know the financial result, you brought your business back up to the highest point that it's been. It's probably going to go even higher this year. What has this also done for you in terms of just how you feel about running your business and your life together? Have you captured some more time or enjoyment back from a lifestyle perspective as well? Tell us a little bit about what this past year has done for you in terms of that. Because it sounded like in 22, you were feeling a bit stressed about what this business really is for you and what it's going to be going forward. You know, it's a great question. And I would say that having these systems in place and having just kind of knowing in my mind that I'm doing the right things on a day-to-day basis. You know, one thing that John and I talk about sometimes with a lot of humor around it is that you, you can't draw a straight line. Like I did this, I got this business. I wrote this card, now I'm selling this house. It's given me this, this purpose every day where I may not see the result of this immediately, but I know it's, it's moving in the right direction. So it's allowed me to feel better and more, I would say, guilt-free about doing things that are fun, about going to pickleball five days a week, which I have this week. And that's not good for your knee, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, just mentally, it's like, I mean, I told John, I think in our first meeting this year, like, I've got this big goal 
And I have no doubt in my mind that I'm going to hit it, even though I don't have anything under contract right now, which is in a lot of realtors' minds, it's like, oh my God, there's nothing happening. But, you know, I'm doing all the things I want to do and, and not, it's not a trade-off. It's not like I'm not doing my, my ninja tasks every day, but I'm going and doing all these things during the day that are fun for me and I don't feel bad. And I would say that in the past, there were times where I'm like, I can't do that. I have work to do. I don't know what that work is, so I'm not going to do it. I'm also not going to go out fun because that's not fair. So from a lifestyle standpoint, just mentally freeing from that guilt of I'm not doing the right things, but also just getting to know people better and developing new relationships and deeper relationships with the people I've known for a long time. Everything is better. You know, it's enriched my life professionally and from a personal standpoint, you know, with these hundreds of people I I get to see every week. That's awesome. A couple of things you shared there that I think is really important. Uh, one is, is that there, there is no straight line. And I think that that straight dot the dot of I did this, I got this is really something that a lot of people struggle with. And I was sitting here like thinking about different analogies in my head as you were saying that. And I kept having this vision of this like bug. And you just keep putting like a little wall up and a little wall up and a little wall up where they just kind of guide them down the path. And you can get them to where you want them to go, but it's not a straight line and you're not pulling them along. And you're not giving them the path. It's just giving them little bumpers to kind of up against. And I think that's what happens a lot in this business is that when you do a, a handwritten note or you reach out with a phone call, it just kind of steers them back in a little bit. It steers them back in a little bit, staying in your flow, staying in your world. And then all of a sudden, when the business is there, you go, oh, there it is. Well, what was it? Was it the real estate review? Was it the note? Was it the phone call? You can't really put your finger on exactly what it was, but it, we got here. And the second thing that you, I can hear in your voice, which I really love, is just this kind of calm and comfort of, yeah, I don't have anything necessarily in escrow right now, but I know how this works now and I know what to expect. And I know that if I just do these right things, there'll be business and it's going to be okay. And that level of comfort, everybody who's listening to this right now is going like, I, well, not everybody, but there's a lot of people going, I wish I just had that kind of comfort and confidence in what I was doing. And so Travis, congratulations that you're there with that. And uh, you're right, the business will be there and the business will come. You just got to just keep doing the right stuff. So I want to ask about the coaching relationship between the two of you also, because there was another great comment that was shared. Travis, you said this that, uh, and I'm going to have you fill in the blank on this one for me, because it's really truly your words. But you said, you know, John doesn't give me the answer when we're coaching. And can you finish this up? I, I want to hear a little bit about this and how this works for the two of you, because it really is the epitome of coaching. Definitely. And this, this is something that we joke about every time, you know, because it happens every time. So we'll, we'll have, there's some kind of hurt, you know, or something I'm struggling with. And I'll tell John about it and he'll ask a question and he'll kind of lean in like, and then I'll look around and I'll be talking and thinking about it. And I'll look back and John's just like, then I go like that, what? listening to me talk myself into the answer. Cause he knows the answer's up here, you know, because we, we're in this world, we're in this ninja world and the answers, you know, they exist. So yeah, he does a, a very good job of not, it's not me saying this isn't going well. And John saying, well, this is what you need to do. We talk through it. We find out, okay, what's the real hurdle here? Like what's really getting in the way? And. I do 90% of the talking and John nods his head and I go, how much did I pay for that? You know, <laughs> but no, it's, it's very conversational. We find the answer together. 
but he does. He kind of nudges me a little bit. And he's like, I think you know the answer to this one. And somehow I stumble on it every time. And, you know, and what I love about that is that a lot of people come into coaching looking for the answers and they're expecting this coach just to stand in front of them and say, here's what you need to be doing. And I want you to do this and do it and follow it and shame on you if you don't go do it. And a lot of times people don't show up and they don't do the things because it wasn't their idea. It was this person that said, this is what you got to do if you want to be successful. And we go kicking and screaming. And John has really done an amazing job with you of allowing you to have that space and allowing you to talk this out in your head. And it's what a lot of us need to do. The best answers are there because when you come up with that answer, all of a sudden it's a great idea. And that's the funniest thing is like, (laughs) it is a great, because you're like, I feel good about this. Every bit of this feels good because you came up with it. And uh, John, great job to you for giving him the space to be able to do that and really truly being a coach. That's what a real true coach is instead of a teacher or a trainer or an instructor. And uh, Travis, good for you, man, for being coachable and willing to be in that world with somebody. It's probably a little bit of your sports background and the coaching that you've had in the past that has allowed you to also kind of work with a coach in that way because you got to be coachable to be able to do it. Otherwise, you get frustrated. Yeah, that's true. John, anything that we missed in this conversation or this journey of, of Travis and and really this is the beginning. I mean, I still feel like you guys are embarking on this already some great success so far, but is there anything that we missed that you want to highlight? I think the piece that is really important for us, and, and I think Travis and I understood early on is like, we have to have fun while we do this, right? We've, as much as he's talked about like talking through obstacles, there's been some conversations where I've had to kind of hold his feet to the fire a bit more than than other conversations, right? When we maybe get a little far off the path, but we can have fun while we do it, right? Like I, I think of like some of my old high school coaches where it was very like, do it my way, I know best type of thing. And that's not the space, but understanding one of taking that time to make sure we like, we recommend video games to each other. Like I'm, I'm stuck in a world right now where uh, Travis sent me a game that I can't set down now. And he told me for a long time, right? So like that, that intimate relationship, but then also having fun while doing it. Like we can make fun, right? He does he says it every time of when magically business showed up, even though I did all the systems exactly like I was supposed to. I have no idea why business is trending the right way. And it like irritates me, but makes me laugh because he knows he, I know why he's doing it. And he jokes all the time that he's got a running list of great ideas he's had compared to mine. And mine is very, very short compared, compared to it. <laughs> giving him the space to be able to, to have that ownership. And he's right. I, I do just kind of be like, you know, you already know the answer. Let's just make sure we we change the perspective for it. I love that. Well, John, another element that you brought in the kind of when you're coaching Travis here and you've been coaching Travis is this perfection side that we all kind of can run up against too. And uh, we see it a lot where we want it to be perfect. We want something we're doing to be perfect. And John, you made the comment to me of like, just do it. Like just make something happen, like put something out and I want to, um, and I think we're kind of wrapping this up, but I want to bring this to the table of just like, how do you work through that with Travis and just in, in coaching? Because I find that that search for perfection or doing something that has to look just right before it ever hits out stops so many people from taking action. Yeah. The big thing that we've brought awareness around, and we're, we're still working through this around a couple of the systems, is the idea of like done is better than perfect and looking back at our past success, right? So, there are ones that felt more authentic showing up to pickleball and volleyball earlier felt easy in the sense, right? He didn't feel guilty because his coach was now telling him he was supposed to do this. 
And did we do it 100% perfect every time? No, but if we hit 80%, we're still that much better. And, and just the awareness of bringing back like, hey, look at where your success has come from in the past. And it wasn't because you did it exactly how we were supposed to do it or how someone else out there believes it is. It's done and, and making sure he understands, again, where that business was coming from, showing up for pickleball, writing a note, putting his clients on client giant, doing boomerang and stuff like that, of, of making sure he understands the success he's had and why he's had success. It's, it's not an accident. It's super, super intentional what he's brought and why his business is, is flourishing the way that it is. Love it. Love it. Incredible. Well, gentlemen, this has been awesome. I am excited, Travis, for your journey through 2024 here and and hearing the updates along the way, because uh, obviously you've now established a really awesome foundation with Ninja. And, and I think it's only going to get a whole lot better yeah. from here, which is even great. As you said, you have big goals and you have no doubt that you're going to hit them. And neither do I. That's great. So any parting thoughts that you want to share with the audience about real estate, Ninja, volleyball, anything? <laughs> Pickleball. Garrett, if you don't mind, I do want to go back to what you said about I'm an athlete, I'm coachable, all that kind of stuff. I didn't start playing volleyball until I was an adult. Really? Well, I have 20 years of bad habits that every time I play, I'm like, my shoulder doesn't feel good because, you know, I'm not, I'm not swinging at the ball right. So to kind of make that analogy with real estate, I had bad habits before I got into Ninja. And, you know, there are certain things like certain people I'll tell John, like, I'm not going to talk to this person because I know that they're going to work with this person. And John's like, well, how do you know that? You know, and how do you know this person doesn't know 10 people that are moving this year? So he's taken me out of bad habits where I'm kind of writing this narrative that isn't true about, well, these people are going to go over here. They don't have any interest in working with me. So as a coach, he said, no, you know, I mean, there are some things that are genuinely not opportunities and they may never, never be, you know, but he has taught me to, to not look at it as it's not just that person, you know, that you're talking to, you're talking to them. And they're going to talk to their family. They're going to talk to their friends. You know, so that's just one example of a, a habit that existed that he's pulled me away from. And he's, he's taught me to look at every situation as, as worthwhile because something will come. It's, it's a relationship. It might be business. And if it's not, it's still a net positive. I'm still getting to know these people better. It's still worth doing, you know, and, he, and he's taught me a lot about that too. I really appreciate you sharing that. So many people talk themselves out of people they should be talking to. Uh, what what truly is an opportunity? And are we, John, good for you. And Travis, good for you for being able to listen to that and being able to go, okay, let's get away from this one-to-one. I have this conversation. This person's a potential piece of business to like just being good to people and connecting with people. And there's so much that can happen around that. It's absolutely awesome. It's good for you, man. Yeah, that's... That's a major thing. And I think that's what a great note to share at the end here is for any, everybody listening, like take that with you, right? Like there is opportunity all around. You can change. People can change too. And just because you think it is a way doesn't make it that way. And so look at everything with those open eyes and everything. So Travis, man, thank you so much for sharing, sharing this and your story. John, thank you for bringing Travis to us and for sharing a bit of you with us as well. And Garrett, thank you as well for getting coaching all started up and making this possible so we can share these stories of amazing transformation. So, well, and thank you to the audience, people who've tuned in and listened to these spotlights. We really appreciate you guys joining. If you want to connect with us, 
and even more people on the Ninja Path or investigating the Ninja Path or wherever they are, head over to our Facebook group, search for the Ninja Selling Podcast on Facebook. You'll find us there with 15,000-ish plus people. You got questions, you can get answers there for sure. And if you want to learn more about coaching, which John, Garrett, myself spend most of our time in, head over to ninjacoaching.com or go to ninjaselling.com and click on the coaching button. And uh, you'll get connected with a coach just like Travis did with John. And it may be that perfect match made in heaven where the Lord of the Rings and the Harry Potter connection <laughs> is strong. And if for some reason it's not, Garrett is a master at helping making sure that you find the right coach to guide you on your journey because that is a crucial component in making sure that you're getting the most out of ninja coaching and ninja selling is that we have somebody in your corner who you love, who you trust, who's on this journey with you and you connect with. So anything I missed there, Garrett? We're good, man. That was awesome. awesome. I appreciate you so much. I appreciate Travis. Thank you, John. Thank you. This was absolutely awesome. Thanks for your time. And uh, yeah, until the next one, we'll be back. Take care, everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at the ninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.